Well, welcome to the bonus content for Eastern Nazarene College's podcast. We are back again today with John Nielsen, Andrea Sotel, and we're here with uh, Andy Ed Edward. Did I say that right? Andy Edwards, sorry, and Phil LaFountain. We are uh, asking more questions today about life, what life is like with regard to our current crisis with COVID-19. And today we're gonna to talk about the church. Last time you'll remember we talked about a little bit uh, theology about where is God in the middle of this? Is God punishing us? Where did COVID-19 come from? And we heard some really great answers uh, that we hope will equip you as you deal with both your, your own personal spiritual formation and maybe as you're sharing in conversations with others. And today we're going to do the same thing, but I noticed, so the first Sunday, I got to tell the story, the first Sunday after COVID-19 restrictions, uh, we're all sitting at home, we're all wishing we could go to church, and so we get online, and I'm looking on Facebook, and thank goodness, every church is streaming a service. So probably 90% of the things on the live feed had to do something with somebody uh, some church providing a little bit of worship, a sermon, or something like that. And I, I must have listened to a dozen different sermons that day. I, I probably should have gone to the altar uh, at least a half a dozen times. So I don't, you know, I don't know if there's a virtual altar somewhere. I probably need to find it. But one of the things that I noticed was that some of the pastors were speaking to the moment right? They're talking about the, the current crisis and they're living into what's in front of them. And they're, they're talking to parishioners about uh, how they're dealing with this. And then other pastors <coughs> treated it just like another Sunday. And it, they, they continued the sermon series that they were on last week, except now they just did it online. And I thought, wow, that's, that's like now's the time for us to figure out how to be relevant in ministry. So I'm going to open up the conversation. The big question on the table is, is live stream really church? And then we'll talk about how we accomplish church best in the middle of this crisis. Well, I guess I'll jump in. I, last time you asked a question and I said, well, to start off, I would say no. So I think in, the, in to start off this particular response to this particular question, I, and my students will, will, will know me expecting this, and that is that I would say yes and no. Um, I mean, Andy, right? You're on board with that. So uh, I, there's a sense in which, yes, I mean, the church gathered, the church scattered, the church being the church in a time of crisis in new ways is still the church. Um, is, it, is it everything that we want the church to be? Um, is it the fullness of what we should just now do from now on? Well, I don't, I don't think necessarily that's, that's the case. Um, because we do want to uh, be embodied. We do want to, the, the physicality matters and, and you know, coming together matters, being gathered together matters. And yet at the same time, what we're doing now out of necessity is still living in some sense uh, what a lot of the, the church first was, gathered in homes, um, finding creative ways to be the church, finding creative ways to worship together, to learn together, to serve together. And I think we're still figuring that out but uh, there's a sense in which we can answer that question. Yes, it's still the church. Um, you know, the church has left the building quite literally. Uh, and at the same time, we, we do lament, we do, we do grieve, we do long for the church to 
to then be able to be uh, gathered again. Um, you know, in, in terms of worship and being the church, I liken it to, you know, we're gathered together, we're breathed in by God's spirit and come together, and then we're breathed out into the world. Um, and both of those elements are really important. Right now, we're really having to focus more on one than the other, but we're still, we'll, we're still the church in the middle of that. But at the same time, I think we acknowledge, you know, what we're still missing and we're missing the physicality. You know, last time we were talking and uh, missing, you know, the, the ability to, to, you know, to hug somebody and just to be present with somebody and to have that, uh, that common connection and physical connection. And so, yes, we're still the church, uh, even though it's not every, you know, it doesn't have all the elements that maybe we might normally hope for. Yeah. How, how, how have you seen, uh, well, first of all, does anybody else want to respond to that? Is the live stream thing that's happening right now, is that, uh, is that really church? Do you have some thoughts about that? Yeah, I've got a couple of thoughts. I'm thinking a lot about that. Um, my, I guess my initial answer is it may have to be, right? You know, this is where we are. But I want to see it in a much broader perspective. I mean, questions and debates about ecclesiology have been a part of the church ever since, you know, Jesus established the church. Um, and the monastic movement was questioned, right? People uh, challenged that, uh, uh, small churches, uh, uh, mega churches. So I think, you know, given this historical time and these events, this may very well have to be the way the church is embodied. And I love what John has said. Of course, we lament certain things. There's an embodiment that's missing, uh, you know, some connectedness. Um, but still, I think there can be, uh, God can use this, right? You're very redemptive. And um, uh, you mentioned in the sub, one of the other questions is what examples have you experienced of the church that have inspired you or disappointed you? And uh, I've actually seen people <clears throat> become much more serious about church uh, when they can't go to church. You know, and they don't realize we're, we, we've been so fortunate in America, right? I mean, church at every corner. Yeah. I'm sorry? They've been taking it for granted. Yeah, we have. And I think this, again, a part of the awakening of the church is the awakening to uh, how much we really need and love and want to be a part of a fellowship, to be together. And so I think after this time, uh, when we actually do get the chance to be together, I think it's going to be a richer, a more different qualitative experience for us. Uh, I know, I mean, pastor, I go to church every Sunday and, and I love it, but I'm even feeling like I've taken it for granted and, and I want to be much more serious now in the future about actually being together and keeping that sensitive and keeping that uh, in my consciousness. Hey, we're together. Uh, what does that mean for us? And how can we use this? How can God use this? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say this is going to have to be. And it's just one of the many ways the church, you know, has taken form and shape that will vary because of historical change will vary in another 10, 15 years. So. I'm going to add to that. Um, I think it's the church. I don't think that you, you can call it church just because it's a service online. Like, I think the church is a lot more than a service online. I think it, it matters how people are connecting with each other, how they're reaching out to their neighbors, how they're serving their community, um, how they're growing together. And so I think there's a little bit of danger of, um, of, of 
having church just be like the church service. I think it, I think it's a lot more than just that. Like you have to include what are, what is your church doing outside of like that Sunday morning experience? Um, even though right now that's that, you know, that's what we're limited to of having to be online, but there's still a lot of stuff that happens outside of that. Um, that I think requires like the church to step out of your comfort zone for us to step out of our comfort zone for us to, um, minister to people in a different way. Um, so I think if it's going to be, you're not asking if it's effective yet. I don't think that was the question, but if it's really going to be an effective church, the church isn't a building or a service. The church is people, um, God's people loving God and loving people. So I, I think it, I think that's a complex question to base everything based off of what you see online, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't really have much to add on to that. Um, I, personally, for me, I, I I I still feel like it, it's a it's a way that the the church can function online to continue the 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 message and to spread it. Um, but like you know, everyone is saying, you know, it still needs some development. You know, it needs to hit the grounds and really kind of like, okay, what can we fine tune and what can what can we do that's beneficial. Um, but throughout this online process, um, I think we should definitely be patient with it. Um, and just really, you know, understand that, you know, this thing just kind of came up on us out of nowhere. So we weren't really prepared, um, just like, uh, teachers weren't prepared to be online teachers. Uh, <laughs> students weren't prepared to be online students. Um, you know, I, I enrolled to be an in-class student. You enrolled to be an in-class teacher. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a school. It's not an institute of learning. I'm still learning, um, but we're still developing. So uh, yeah, I, I believe there's a process for that. So yeah, yeah, that's good. Let me let me ask you. Um, we're all a part of local congregations. Some of us are a part of the same congregate congregation. What? But what models? I'm guessing. I'm guessing you're looking at different models now because now it's now it's like we can wake up and on Sunday morning and go to any church we want, right? Like we could. We could attend 12 different churches. We could go to the biggest one. We could go to the smallest one. And everybody's got something online. And it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating to see what that looks like. What are some of the best models that you've seen? So now I'm talking about Sunday morning. But I want to come back and revisit with you, Andrea, some of what you're saying about, well, church isn't just a, a meeting on Sunday. It's, it's what we're, you know, you're inferring to what it, we're doing how we're loving each other the rest of the time. But let's talk about Sunday morning just for a minute. What are some of the best models that you've seen? Maybe something creative or something unique? Well, I've appreciated, for example, at, at the church that I attend, so Wallace Church in Nazarene, and I've, Amy and I have been helping um, with some of the music portions of worship over the last number of weeks, um, playing and singing to an empty congregation or empty room. But uh, what I've appreciated, though, about that has not really been even the service elements that are there, although I think that's great. But the, you know, the conversations that are happening as people are signing on, and we've had intentionally people there as hosts and greeters and uh, people to engage in conversation in the, in the chat on the side. And you can see, I mean, there's, there's you know, over 100 comments of people saying hello to each other and greeting each other and checking in with each other. And so there are ways, even in that online environment, that we can still connect relationally. And I think that's so important. 
Uh, and I also think that the things that we've been able to do to bring other voices in, you know, people that have recorded things uh, from home and sharing that and just, you know, kind of putting together a lot of different elements using a lot of different people, um, that because we're in this time that we're all in this together, uh, that we're, I think we're still connecting in that way, which is why I, you know, I can go to lots of churches, like you say, but I would still want to have that primary place where I can connect with the local community of faith that I'm, that I'm connected to. But I've, I really enjoyed those elements, right? A lot of people involved in creative ways in that online presence, and then especially the communication and connection that happens uh, just because we're, uh, we're in this together and we're, you know, we're, we're you know, having that conversation even as people are coming online to, to see the service. So let me go, let me go back to Andrea and Andrea, you're talking about uh, the church beyond the walls, the church, the church being not a service or a gathering necessarily, but a, a people. And uh, what, what expressions of church have you seen that have been healthy and, and maybe, maybe you've even seen some negative things with regard to church during this time. Can you speak to that for a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, I think, uh, I think people are still figuring it out. So I'll say that much. Uh, it's a lot of trial and error, I think. Um, but I definitely have noticed, uh, people being partnered up with other people, uh, especially those that are like elderly and alone people calling and checking in, seeing what their needs are, um, you know, making weekly phone calls, getting on online and smaller groups, um, encouraging and giving tools to, to families to be able to do um, discipleship at home. Um, you know, things that aren't just like, you're not just calling in, or, or it's not calling in, but watching online for somebody to feed you, but really helping to give the tools so that you can do ministry and be the church like right where you are, whether that's your home or your neighbor's. Um, the challenge I think has been this physical proximity to people. I mean, we, we basically have been cut off from that. And so, um, you know, I think Andy was talking earlier, um, sending notes in the mail, uh, dropping off like posters or signs at people's houses. Like you can't even really make a lot of food for people. I mean, there's, there, we're so limited as to what we can do, but I think that like that encouragement, um, I've seen people, you know, write things on people's sidewalks um, or post something in their window. Like those encouraging things, I think, go a lot, lot further than what we realize um, because people are so starved for um, just contact. Uh, I know we, we drop some stuff off at an, at an older person's home with our kids, um, not, not expecting for the lady to come out. And then she came out and she must have stood on the steps for a good 10 minutes just trying to have a conversation from our car door to her, you know, house door. And you can just tell she lives alone. Um, and I know we, we have a pastor on staff that's, that's been trying to connect that like older population. Um, but I, I think it's just, I think really checking in and it's, it's even, it's awkward. I think for, for us, like in 2020, it's awkward for us to pick up the phone and call somebody. Um, we're just like so quick to text somebody because it's easy, it's convenient. And we've kind of lost this art of like having a real conversation or mm. handwriting yeah. something. So some of it, while it sounds silly, like I felt weird calling some of my teens last week on the phone because I don't ever talk to them on the phone, but I think people long for that. And so some of it is just, it's, it's, 
it's simple stuff that we just have to be willing to like do something that's different than what we've been doing. Um, so I don't know that I've seen a ton of stuff yet. I think people are starting to realize if this is going to be like, we're going to be in this for the long haul, like longer than, you know, a few more weeks or whatever, that we're going to have to start thinking with that frame, that frame of mind. Um, but I'm not sure that I haven't seen a ton of people figuring it out yet. So I'll be anxious when they figure it out so that we can steal those ideas. I love what you say, though, about the little things, because those little things are huge. And that's always been true, but I think we're more aware of it now. And, and those simple acts of connection, you know, mean, mean the world. Um, we have neighbors across the street who attend the church, and, you know, we've gotten to know them a little bit, but we wanted to get to know them more. So I sent them a message on Facebook and said, listen, I'd like, can we do dinner? And so I, I, I'll have pizza delivered to your place and delivered to my place. And then we're going to just zoom and eat our pizza and have a conversation. And it was a chance to fellowship through a crazy kind of way, but it was a lot of fun. And um, those small things, uh, I think we're more, as you said, we're more, they're more meaningful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me personally, um, I've been watching uh, this uh, pastor named uh, Pastor Mike Todd. He's from uh, Tusla, uh, Tusla, Oklahoma. And um I love hey, you've been church surfing too, just like me. Yeah. Well, honestly, I've been really, I've been really consistent with him during this quarantine break because I love, um, he, he uses props and he's so animated. He's full of life. So it's just like, he keeps you in tune, but when he's done preaching, you're just like, Oh wow. I just sat still for an hour and six minutes. Oh God. <laughs> and, but it, he's so engaging and he's at his church, and the only people there is one keyboard player, the sound guy, and the dude that does lights. I think his wife or something like that. But there's nobody, and he has a big church, and there's nobody else in there. But he's preaching as if it's just like, wow, like, I hope other people are there. So I love the way he's able to, like, you got to be in tune. You, you, and when I'm learning about this situation, is that, you know what, moving forward, the church has to be prepared. We have to have something in place. So if there is any type of um, disaster or crisis that we're ready to pick up and move, to pick up and go. So, and God gives us the ability to do it. So I, I believe this is something that, okay, we'll learn next time. We'll be more, you know, prepared with these things. But then the flip side of that is that I have seen um, there was a pastor in Florida who was arrested last Sunday because his mega church, he told everybody to come to church and, you know, he was for him, I, you know, and I think he's, I don't remember what denomination, but they just went and had a, a jolly old time and praising God like there's no virus. And I'm just like, y'all crazy. And <laughs> the, the, this past Sunday, there was a pastor in Louisiana who did the same thing. And these big, and I'm like, why are they putting people at risk? And what was really concerning me was that I'm like, God, um, we, we have to be very mindful because we are the body of Christ. So if one person makes us look bad, we all look bad. And what God brought me to was in Romans 13. And he was just letting us know that, you know, we have mm. to submit to the government. And um, if the government is in place, it's because God has allowed them or uh, permitted them to be in place. And if you go against authority, that means that you're coming up against God. 
because he's about order and structure. And the one of my concerns, not necessarily a fear, is that if they continue to rebel and you know really come up against uh, the, the the laws of the land, um, I'm concerned about the future of the church uh, because some of us are being safe and being mindful, putting a mask on and and then putting gloves and and just really okay i'm just gonna go drop something off to this one person not to put people in harm's way but people are gathering in church with no mask no gloves and some people are sick putting elderlies at risk and children and you know parents so i'm, I'm a bit concerned and if the government is seeing that um th 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 there's gonna be something that's gonna take place um that could potentially not be in our benefit so I'm, I'm just praying and just asking God that, you know, that we would act, that he would, you know, would, that people would activate their common sense. Common um, because sense. There's, there, there's a dumbness hovering yeah. um, that has been locating folks. And I'm just like, how can we be of leaders? And, yeah. and, and the, the thing that's concerning me, because I'm just like, you know, the shepherd, you know, you got to look after the sheep. And that's just like a shepherd in the wilderness, just letting a fox just come and take the sheep and the virus will come and take people. And we got to really be more mindful and everyone is affected by this. So that's been really my concern. Other than that, I just been locked into Transformation Church in Oklahoma. I officially <laughs> live in Oklahoma, by the way. So that's a good point. You know, some of the, some churches and maybe, maybe it's back to what you were talking about, Andrea, a little bit. It's a, it's a short-sighted understanding of church that the, that the church has to be the church gathered and, and it has to be in one place and you have to do it every week. And, and that there is, uh, and maybe, maybe we just think, well, God's going to protect us. And I don't know, you know, that I, that's really how the virus spread in Korea. If you follow what was taking place early on with the virus from China into South Korea, it was a church gathered that created uh, a massive problem in South Korea. And so I, th that is a, it is difficult. I, Andy, I don't know if I, if I go so far is to believe that whatever the government tells me to do, I need to do. I think, I think I, I, I believe that uh, sometimes maybe there's an appropriate time when it conflicts with my faith for civil disobedience, but this is not that time. Like this is, this isn't the time for us to put people at risk. Yeah. I, I agree with Andy. I just was going to say, I think the issue there is witness, right? And, and Andy's yeah. right that the witness that that is to the world is the wrong witness. That's right. It's acting out of selfishness and not of love and care for the other. And this is a chance for the church to demonstrate what it means to love well, to care for the, for the other to care for, you know, those that are more at risk and to be that witness to the world. You know, and I trust God, uh, you know, I believe as much as anyone, but I still wear a seatbelt and I still put on oven mitts if I take something hot out of the oven, because like Andy says, we don't, we don't want to be stupid. I, I mean, I'm, I agree with my brother here. Um, but I think it's about witness and it's about well, loving well, caring well, and for the church to, to do that, we have the chance to, to either be a positive or a negative witness at this point. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, nice thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say too that um, 
I agree with that as well. It is definitely about being a witness. Um, I also think there is this desire, um, and, and for those of us that are pastors that have been online for the last three weeks, we watch other people's stuff and we're like, oh man, that looks so great. Like, I wish I could do that. I wish my setup was like that. And so sometimes I think, you know, we, we put ourselves at risk where we try to create something that's, that uh, requires more bodies or more people in place or more technology and all this stuff. Um, and some of the things that I've been reading and, and, and also what I've been noticing too is just that people are not looking for flashiness right now. Um, I think they're looking for a message uh, that is relevant, that will speak and cut to their heart. And then they're looking for that relational piece. Um, and so that follow-up, that uh, you know, getting together and praying together online, um, checking in and having that one-on-one -on -one conversation. But I think we can get into this trap where we're willing to put our people at risk um, whether that's, you know, throwing an entire worship team up on the stage or, you know, bringing in a ton of people to like make this, you know, perfect look when that really like, that's, that's like a, it's like a lie that we've brought into. Um, and that consumerism and some of that, that, that comes with that, not all the time, um, we can get trapped in that really fast. And so I think there's a little bit of permission giving in this whole thing as we've watched some, some places that are like huge, you know, multi-site churches strip themselves down too, um, it's been permission giving to say like, you know, the message, this is what people are looking for, the message of hope. So, you know, how do we, how do we do that? And it doesn't mean we, you know, we don't care or, you know, we don't, we don't try our best to like set up like a, a good setup. Um, but I think there is some permission to not have to be flashy and to not have to be like entertaining. Mm especially during this and that that might be something that we take away post this that the church could really like gain some like insight from that you know that's not necessarily what people might be attracted to that at first but in the end like it is the truth that people are searching for and so and we get to give this like totally stripped down thing for them so i think there's a lot of hope in that authenticity is more important than yeah Professional, yeah, that's that's yeah. a good word. Well, everybody, yeah, that's a great word. Uh, let, let me ask you about this question. Uh, when you think about the church, you think about live streaming, you think about uh, reaching out to individuals like you've talked about. What do you think are the best examples you've seen? Uh, would you like to brag at all about anybody that you want to give a shout out to? And maybe I offer this not just for our panelists here, but if there are those of you pastors out somewhere or parishioners, people in the churches, what are you seeing happen in your church that, that maybe would be a great idea because we're all, we're all just uh, wondering different ways that we can express our faith and love to each other that you could see from the churches and go ahead and send that to our Comments, technical guy. What's my word for sending comments? Uh, at at DM. 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 No. Is it? DM us at ENC5. DM us. At and DM is direct message for us old it's guys. DM that, direct so that's not a fax, is it? That's not a fax. That's a a direct message to our podcast, which is our podcast on Instagram 
at ENC. You're killing me, Larry. Uh, You're killing me. <laughs> ENC you have to write all this stuff down and learn all the new, all the new ways to communicate. It's good stuff. All right, let me open it up to you. Your favorite, your favorite expressions you've seen. I already said mine. My, my, the the one was with uh, Mike Todd, Pastor Mike Todd in Oklahoma. He's great. I'm Mike not... Todd, great. <laughs> I've just appreciated too things that that can. And I said this earlier, I think, but just involve other people and and having people check in again, sending whether that's through pictures uh, or short videos. Um, you know, I've seen some things. You know, the kids have done at home and just kind of posting those as as great ways of connecting and and uh, just kind of having that experience of feeling like we're we're part of one another. Um, as I was walking in to to come on online for this podcast. Um, and Andrea, you'll appreciate this. I saw, uh, uh, someone dropping some eggs for the kids across the street. I had planned to do that later, so I might have to not do that, but, uh, just little things like that, as you were talking earlier about those little acts of, of kindness, but also things that connect, uh, people to, uh, to one another. And even if that's just, you know, putting a short video clip together, I think on Sunday, we're going to have people sending in the response, um, you know, the uh, pastor will say that the Lord is risen and different people uh, sending videos of them and their families saying he's risen indeed. Hallelujah. As we think about celebrating Easter, just those little little glimpses of each other's lives. And uh, I think connecting kids that way, teens that way, uh, but whatever we can do to to be connected in, in those kinds of simple ways, I think is helpful. I, I feel like all of, I mean, I'm a youth pastor and I feel like all of my research on churches has been youth ministries um and i don't know how many people that are listening to this are in the youth ministry world but uh there's a site download youth ministry they have been awesome at like just everybody sharing what they're doing youth ministry wise like they share their podcast they share uh their midweek programming whether it's like on youtube or it's uh you know on instagram or they're streaming it somewhere so i really i i've appreciated that um that, that again is youth ministry and it's a whole bunch of different churches all over the nation. Um, and then I have a friend that's out in California uh, that I went to seminary with. His name's David Hutsko. He is at, I believe it's called New Life Pismo um, or Pismo Beach, I think. New Life Pismo Beach. They do this prayer thing every week that just gives like this awesome, like things to be praying for on behalf of the church. Um, and I really appreciated, there's some collaboration on that, um, from some other churches that are in that area as well. I was just looking it up. It is new life Pismo. Uh, and I just, I like, I like the collaboration there. So that's another church to, to check out, um, that I think is, is worth looking into. And I've seen a lot of that, Andrea. I mean, not just youth ministry, but there's tech people online, churches online, and everyone's this sense of camaraderie. We're in this together, this generosity, this generous spirit. You know, learning from one another, sharing resources. I mean, I think that's the takeaway to celebrate is how the church is resourcing one another in these ways. You know, this isn't the best way uh, sort of the, to learn some of this stuff, although maybe it is at times thrown in the deep end and figure it out. But um, the reality is we're seeing lots of examples of the church being generous, uh, being helpful, resourcing one another. Uh, church is doing that, you know, other organizations doing that, making resources available and oftentimes at no cost. So I think that's another beautiful thing that we're, that we're seeing 
is the broader church and community resourcing, resourcing each other, cheering each other on, a- asking questions. The one that cracked me up, though, was somebody was asking in one of these worship streaming tech sites that I'm a part of a lot of these groups, and they were being very helpful. They were, were trying to figure out this, and we're new at this, and service starts in 30 minutes, help us. I was just like, you're gonna, you might need to start a little before then to, to get an answer, but uh, the spirit was there, right, to be helpful and to resource one another. I think that's been a beautiful. That's great. Well, I want to thank our guests that have been with us, Brother Andy Edward and uh, Andrea Sautel and Dr. John Nielsen. It's been great. If you've got uh, some ideas that you'd like, go ahead, send them to Instagram, DM us, direct message us, us at ENC pod, and we'll, we'll get that. They're laughing at me and my, my skills. I know you young guys, this is, this is rough. Uh, Join us for the next podcast. We'll be trying to answer the question, how do we love from a distance? Farewell.